I just want to give a few brief reflections. This is not a full sermon by any means, but I want to, I want to give you a few meditations on this idea of prayer as we come to, to focus on prayer here tonight together. Um, I want to look back at the Daniel 4 passage, King Nebuchadnezzar, and I, and, and I want to just set the, the framework for this being the 4th of July. And tonight, many of you will probably be with hordes and hordes of other people down on the Charles, um, watching fireworks going, going off and celebrating uh, the independence of the United States of America and our country and patriotism. All of these things are not bad, obviously, and I don't in any way intend um, to bash those things. But there is a tendency uh, when we're from the world's most powerful and most economically blessed nation to kind of get caught up in all the patriotism. This is perhaps more um, prevalent and noticed on, uh, in an election year for president, but um, it can also be true from 4th of July to 4th of July, where there's a sense in which, you know, if, if, if there really is power in the world, we know where to find it. We know that we can find it uh, in the good old U.S. of A. And um, that if you want to see, see things get done, um, you don't really go to the United Nations, you go to the United States and, and they'll take care of business. And there's this, a, a sense in which um, all of us who are from here have, have that tendency maybe even just to kind of imbibe that, that spirit of we've got it um, into our own daily lives as Americans. I know that when I studied overseas in England, um, the most common remark about Americans was that they were really confident. Um, you know, they kind of have the sense of like, yeah, we can do it. So if you think you're totally immune to what I just said, you're probably not. You just go overseas and, and, and you learn a different story. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was, was at the height of a, an empire of his own, Babylon, in the 6th century, century B.C. And um, as happens when you're the head of an empire, not that I speak from experience, but um, <laughs> one can imagine that... Uh, that you, you, can, you can grow a rather big head. And so this happens to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4. And he says um, on a day when he's just taking a stroll around his little palace, he gets a little, um, a little cocky in, in, his, uh, in his position. And it says at the end of 12 months, he was walking around on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a, as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty. Now, none of us are Nebuchadnezzar. None of us are, are sitting at the top of a, of a world empire like he was. But all of us have had little moments of, of success or of favor in our lives where there is a tendency when you've finished something to take this Nebuchadnezzar-type spirit into your own heart and say, now look what I have done, which is in essence all that Nebuchadnezzar is doing. Um, hopefully God won't do to you what he did to Nebuchadnezzar, which was to turn him into a cow right away, um, to humble him and to bring him down, to bring him low. And so for a period of time, Nebuchadnezzar uh, no longer has his royal throne, but God brings him low to this place of the beasts and diminishes his humanity in, in an incredible way, uh, which in some ways, is what pride really does to the soul anyway. Uh, it diminishes who we are as human beings. When God restores him at the end of this period of time as a cow, he, um, he gives us this prayer, which we heard read already. 
And he praises God. He blessed them as high. It's in the first person. And praised and honored him who lives forever. And then he just goes on listing the praises of this almighty God. And the things that he praises him for are ultimately his sovereign reign and rule, his dominion, his kingship, which is interesting on the lips of a king to be bowing before the true king and praising him for his dominion. He says his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven. His will is sovereign reign and rule. Now I go through all of this to say um, this as a setup for our time to pray together. That the prayer is in essence something that arises out of a heart that has been humbled. Prayer can only arise out of a heart that's been brought low. We live in a nation that tends to exalt in its own strength or that can tend to do so. And by virtue, for most of us, uh, not all of us here I I recognize are are American-born, but for, for those of us who are, there's a tendency for us to kind of take that road of pride And that way of of strength, of of, of an I-can-do-it attitude, leads us the opposite direction from prayer. It leads us to depending upon ourselves, to a kind of self-sufficiency. And what God did to Nebuchadnezzar was a gift of grace and of blessing, which was to bring him low. And what God does to us when we come to, to him in Christ is he brings us low. There's no resurrection apart from a crucifixion. There's no new life in Jesus apart from a death to our prideful old selves that want to look out over all the things that we have done and say, look what I've built by my own hands. For those of us who find ourselves in Christ, there is only the way of the poor in spirit. We talk about that quite often in Church of the Cross. There's only this way of the, of the lowly. And it's the, the, the language of the lowly is prayer. So you see in 2 Thessalonians 3, Paul says, was a mouthful, Paul says, he says, pray for me that the word of God would go forth and be honored and that we would be delivered from, from evil men. He asks the Thessalonians to pray for him. And then in the final verse, the verse on the front of your bulletins, um, which I don't have, somebody read it. Mo, would you read it? May the Lord direct your heart. So Paul says, pray for me. And then he says, and and I'm praying for you. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Incidentally, these are people who are suffering. These are people who are being persecuted. These are people in great hardship. And Paul's saying, may the Lord do this in your life. All this to say, the mark of a believer in Jesus, the mark of one who follows Jesus, is this utter dependency upon God. And our utter dependency upon God is expressed by being humbled, and by then seeking the Lord in prayer. So we're going to take time now. We're going to stand and say the creed together. Um, actually, no, we're going to go straight into a time to pray. And we're not going to be in a rush. We're going to take our time to be these people whom God has brought low and to intercede on behalf of the nations, on behalf of our city, on behalf of the church and our community, on behalf of the people that we know and that we love in our lives, and on behalf of the lowly. And then on anything else that the Holy Spirit lays upon our hearts and minds. We're going to take some time. We're a small group, but God is still God. God is the one who's reigning and ruling. And that's the God to whom we'll come now in prayer.
So let's come and let's, let's seek Him in prayer and take some time together.